Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Spend this hour with us learning how you can protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of an extended health care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting long-term care planning options available. As a certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott will help you make sense of your options. Now here's your host of Long-Term Care Radio, Brian Ott. You know, when I was in college, every once in a while, we would get a carload of guys together and drive out to Furs Cafeteria. And if you're not familiar with Furs Cafeteria, that was a chain of buffet-style restaurants, and it was all you could eat. And I think they had them in um, Colorado, New Mexico, Texas. And, you know, I don't know how far they spread out, but it was a chain eventually got bought out by um, I think Kmart and then the I think the actually closed the last store after COVID or something but anyway we would uh, jump in in Fort Collins would drive down College Avenue and you could just tell you know would show up there and the the lady you as you walked in you would just pay for you know the the the, the meal right then and there and then you, you you know get past the gatekeeper and you go grab a plate and you go at it and they would just see us coming, you know, six guys piling out of somebody's little, you know, economy car going in there just ready to do some damage. And, you know, the thing about all-you-can-eat restaurants is that you weren't afraid of running out of food and still being hungry. And that was always the case for us. I remember when I was, you know, when I was 19, 20, I could eat 10,000 calories a day. It just didn't seem to ever matter. But you'd, you'd get a meal, like especially like a breakfast meal. You'd eat it, and then you'd be like, gosh, I'm still hungry. And that was the great thing about going to Furs. Like you would plan that out a day or two in advance and you would just go in there so hungry because you knew you could just eat until you hurt. And in fact, half the time you were forcing down dessert because you were already stuffed to the gills on the pasta and the potatoes and the cheap meat. But, you know, at the end of the, the meal there, you had the dessert and you always had to make room for that. So that was something that I still remember. Today, I think you can still run into this all-you-can-eat type of buffets. I still run into them at conferences. A lot of hotels will have a buffet-type all-you-can-eat for breakfast. And then cruise ships are known for it, of course, right? You know, you go on these cruise ships, and they're famous for that all-you-can-eat. And in fact, I was reading an article that stated that the average cruise ship passenger will gain a pound a day while they're on their cruise. And I mean, think about that. I laughed so hard when I thought about that because in order to gain a pound you have to eat an extra 3,500 calories. And so for me, I get my blood drawn every quarter and I get my metabolic panel information sent to me and I burn about 1,900 calories a day. That's 18, 1,900 calories just resting. So that's without exercise or anything else. So I plan on you know walking around, moving around. I'm a good 2,500 to 3,000 calories a day, probably depending how much exercise I do. Well, you've got to eat another 3,500 calories on top of what you burn in order to gain a pound. So I was pretty I was pretty surprised at that, but I've been on two different types of cruise ships before. One of them was the celebrity that went um, uh, through the inside passage from Seattle up to Alaska. And it was a beautiful cruise, but it was one of those that had food available most of the day. And then the second cruise I was on was a cruise on the Paul Gugan that was down in Tahiti where they did some like island hopping and it was a much smaller ship, you know, just like two rows of cabins, but Their food, they still had some buffets, but it was more of a regulated time, like you would go to breakfast, lunch, and dinner at certain times. And I will tell you that on the Celebrity Cruise, the all-you-can-eat, I ate way more food. There was just no doubt about it. I mean, it was was just always available. Wherever you went, there was like, oh, ice cream, okay, I guess I'll have some of that. So research has been done that shows that humans will use and consume more if they aren't worried about running out of things. And I mean, this it, it, if supplies are limited or scarce, we will consume at a much lower rate. And I think this is pretty evident with food and water especially. You know, you get the, into these periods of times where you have droughts and people have to conserve water. And, you know, don't, don't, uh, you know, don't flush your toilet if you don't have to and all these different things. But it also rolls over to other things. You know, like, like you saw this with, with, like, you know, gasoline when we have these shortages of gasoline or you lose power in a certain area. I remember out in... Woodenville, Washington, they lost power for almost a month right before Christmas. And I mean, the gas stations were shut down. It was just a nightmare. So people were really having to conserve. And I think, you know, even with toilet paper and COVID, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, gosh, every time you go to Costco, they were out of toilet paper. So you're like, well, I guess I better, you know, maybe use a little bit less and not be greedy with the toilet paper. So 
we see this, and I think the most obvious place where we conserve or we, we worry when we're worried about running out of it, it's money. I mean, when you think about that, that is when you start, you know, tightening the belt a little bit. If you're worried about running out of money, maybe you start, you know, doing a little bit better shopping. You maybe use the coupons. You maybe, you know, try to limit what you're spending your money on, and you're a little bit more conservative if there's a fear that you might run out of money, especially like if you lose your job or you get your hours cut back or something like this. So, you're asking yourself right now, what does this have to do with long-term care? I mean, after all, you are tuned into long-term care radio. Well, you've heard me describe long-term care insurance as a bucket of money. When you design a plan, you are deciding two key factors. Number one is how much money you can take out of that bucket each month. So this is what we call our monthly benefit, meaning how much do I get every month once I'm on claim? 5000 6000 10000 whatever that number is. You decide that. And number two you decide how much money you have in your bucket. Okay, this is the total benefit. So how big is your bucket? How long is that going to last? So when we divide that monthly benefit into the total monthly benefit or the total benefit amount, the whole bucket, this gives us the minimum time that we will have coverage for once we go on claim. That's how long that insurance policy is going to last. So for example, if you had $5,000 a month of benefit, and we, that's how much you could pull out each month. And we had a total of $300,000 in our bucket. We would divide that 5000 into 300000 and you would come up with 60 months or five years. So somebody would say, well, I have five years of coverage. Now, I say minimum because in our, you know, the money in the bucket does not expire. We have to exhaust our policy uh, benefits before that policy ends. So let's say that that same five-year plan, you were only taking out $2,500 a month. That's all the benefit that you used. Well, the other $2,500 would stay in your bucket. So now all of a sudden your bucket might last you 10 years. And so when I say minimum time, that's if you're taking out the maximum benefit every single month. So one of the key decisions we are making when we design a bucket is how much money will we be able to pull out and how long do we want that policy to last us once we are on claim? Now, historically, the decision was a lot easier for us when we were designing because all of the carriers had options called lifetime benefits. So this would be the all-you-can-eat version of long-term care insurance, meaning once you went on claim, you never ran out. It's like first cafeteria. Once you sat down at the table, they weren't going to run out of food. You could eat all you, all, all you could eat. That, that's just really what it was. So lifetime benefits, the same thing. When I go on claim, I'm never going to run out of that insurance. So you would decide your monthly benefit, and then you would decide how long you want that benefit to last. And it was common back in the day to pick amount of time the policy would last versus a specific total benefit, meaning you wouldn't necessarily say, I want $300,000 in my bucket. You would say, I want $5,000 a month, and I want the policy to last five years. Or I want $5,000 a month, and I want the policy to last three years. That's how most of the policies were sold back then, but it's the same math either way. Today, we have policies that are saying, pick your monthly amount and then decide how much you want in that bucket. Like Mutual of Omaha is famous for this. And so you can pick a $500,000 bucket of money. That's the biggest you can pick. And then you can choose a wide range of monthly benefits. And then they just divide that out. So you might come up with you know, 4.6 years of coverage or something, depending how you do that. But back in the day, you would choose a minimum amount of time that policy was going to last. And the common ranges were two years to five years. So you'd see two, three, four, five. Then sometimes you would see six or eight and then it usually jumped to 10 years. And then the Cadillac plan was always sold as that lifetime or unlimited option. Meaning, again, once you're on claim, you never ran out of your long-term care insurance. Now, when you think about this, I mean, this is the way we insure our home and even our health now. Like our health insurance, once you meet the deductible, there's no limit on that. And most of the time when we have insurance on our home, we are insurance for something catastrophic, for the whole thing to burn down. Today we have, the, the market has changed, and we only have two long-term care insurance companies that are still going to offer that true catastrophic or lifetime long-term care insurance. It's one asset-based plan, which has been doing this for over 30 years, and then we have a traditional plan or a pay-as-you-go plan that just brought the lifetime benefits back in 2000, I think it's 2014 that they brought that back to the market. The rest of the carriers are going to make us decide on 
a size of bucket, meaning there's going to be a limit. And usually it's going to last you a minimum around six years if it's an asset base. Some of the traditional carriers will go with a dollar amount. Like I said, Mutual of Omaha will say, you can have a total of $500,000. You can put inflation on it to grow that bucket, but that's the most you can start with. So what happened? You know, why did carriers quit offering lifetime benefits? And is it necessary to even consider getting a plan that has unlimited coverage? That's what we're going to dive into today on Long-Term Care Radio. But stick around because before we get into that, I've got to take a break. So I'll be right back. Avoid the mistake of paying unnecessary taxes, guarantee the quality of your care, and preserve your legacy and wealth by setting up your own tax-free long-term care plan. Learn more by attending Brian's free live webinar class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. Hey, Story Monson, welcome back, my friends, Brian and Madeline from 525 Advisors. They took a break last year due to that debacle created by the Washington State CARES Act, you know, the payroll tax on employees for forced long-term care that was basically worthless. The law was so poorly written and created such a mess, most insurance carriers temporarily quit offering plans in the state. But 525 Advisors is back, ready to help protect your family and savings with the best long-term care plans available. They did for my wife and me, and we couldn't be happier. I know everything we worked hard for won't be whittled down paying for long-term care. And most importantly, our girls are protected from the burden of having to care for us. And a great bonus, our plan pays us back if we never use it. So learn about all kinds of important long-term care information and join Brian this Saturday at 10 for Long-Term Care Radio here on 97.3 Cairo FM. Check out his upcoming live webinar schedule, too, at 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Hi, this is Brian Ott with 525 Advisors. Over the years, I've had the opportunity to protect many people and their families with long-term care planning. However, I've also seen how long-term care events devastate families and turn the last years for the family into their worst years. Many people believe the downside from a long-term care situation is limited to financial loss. Yet often, it's the emotional damage that lingers and hurts the family members the most. Watching a loved one go through their savings is one thing, but watching a loved one lose their dignity is far worse. Long-term care insurance provides a dedicated source of funds to help pay for your care when you need it. But more importantly, it provides you with a team of trained professionals that will help you and your family manage your care. Learn how you can stay in control of your care options, maintain your dignity, and protect the people you care about most by attending one of our upcoming live webinars. Sign up today at 525longtermcare.com. That's 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. You just heard the ads there during the break. I've got a couple uh, webinar classes. They are live classes coming up uh, next month for May. So we're going to be starting our first one off on Saturday the 14th. And then the following Tuesday, which is Tuesday the 17th. And so Saturday kicks off at 8 a.m. Pacific time. That's 9 a.m. Mountain time. And the Tuesday afternoon is going to kick off at 3 p.m. Pacific time and 4 p.m. Mountain time. So you can register at our website. And again, you're going to hear us talking about these classes because we take all this stuff that we, we, we talk about on Long-Term Care Radio. We, we condense it into a nice little 45-minute live webinar, and then we answer your questions. You're going to be able to send your questions into us, type your questions. And because they are live, you're going to see me the whole time. And it's just a real easy way to get started and get your feet wet. So we've got those up on the calendar Again, for May 14th, which is Saturday, and the following Tuesday, the 17th, will be our next classes. Now, if you're just tuning in and joining us, we are, uh, we, we're going to talk about lifetime benefits and long-term care insurance policies today. Specifically, why did so many carriers quit offering them, and are they something that we really need to consider today? First off, let's talk a little bit what happened to the lifetime benefits. Why did the insurance companies quit offering long-term care insurance plans with these lifetime or or unlimited benefits? Well, like most decisions, there were multiple factors that went into play. 
Number one was the growing number of extended claims, meaning that we were seeing claims that were going, you know, five, 10, 15 years, you know, very common. And so they started to see the, the, the length of claims extend. And a lot of this was due to cognitive issues, cognitive impairment. So Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, the disease, things like that. And I'll talk more about this in the last segment. Um, and then there was this study that was done by one of the largest insurance carriers. It was done by Genworth. Genworth would do these big studies every five years. And this really caused many companies to rethink their risk tolerance for long-term care insurance after this study came out. And let's, let's talk about that for just a second. So back in 2000, the average claim from the insurance company's point of view was three years. So that meant that when somebody filed a claim, the insurance company on average would pay out for three years. So here's what the research is that the company did. They pulled a sample of policies that had been triggered. So these were all policies that had had claims filed on them. And so they took policies with lifetime benefits and they took policies with a five-year coverage. So minimum of five years of coverage. And they compared those two together, the policies, so the five-year policies and the lifetime benefit policies or the what they call the unlimited coverage amount. And what they found out was pretty eye-opening. Just like the all-you-can-eat buffet, clients with unlimited plans consumed more benefits. The policies with lifetime benefits were paying out substantially more in claims than the plans that only had coverage for a minimum of five years. Now, remember, the average claim was right at three years. And again, you know, you know me and averages. I don't really like averages, but still, the insurance companies look at this, and they're saying, why would a, a lifetime benefit plan pay out substantially more than a five-year plan if the average claim is only three years? So they sent it back. They, they created some research, got the actuaries involved, and they started studying this. And so what they really found out was pretty eye-opening. Number one, people with lifetime benefits were more likely to access their benefits sooner rather than later. Okay, so just like me on the two cruise ships, if I've got food available all the time, I'm more likely just to eat it versus the, the, the cruise ship where I had to wait to a certain time to eat it. So people with lifetime benefits were more likely to turn those policies on at the first sign of needing help and start those benefits coming on because there was no risk of them running out of benefits, where people with limited benefits would tend to hold on to those policies until they thought they might really need them. Like, uh, I, I can get by with family right now, or I'm, I'm just having somebody come in two days a week. I've only got, you know, three years or five years of coverage, so I'm just going to save it in case I end up in a nursing home because I know that's going to be really expensive. So that was the, the, the reasoning, of what they found for people, the way they use their policies. Now, people with limited benefits who were close to running out of their benefits also died earlier. Stress, strokes, heart attacks. And, and folks, think about this. This, this was one of the eye-opening things of, of, of the insurance because this actually happened to a family friend of ours. It was, a, it was a woman who was a school teacher that was in the same assisted living facility as my grandmother, and she just all of a sudden just had a heart attack one day and died. And I said, Mom, I, I didn't even know Janet had a bad heart. And my mom said, I don't think she did. She was just on the last year of her long-term care insurance policy, and she was so stressed out about running out of money that I think it killed her. And that, that was, my mom was telling me that. I'm like, you know, there's actually evidence of that. So the two things that they found out from the research was, A, people with lifetime benefits aren't afraid to turn them on and use them, so they get better levels of care sooner, which means they stay healthier and they have a better quality of life. And two, people with limited benefits tended to die of more stress-related illnesses when they turned those policies on because they thought, oh, gosh, I've used two years out of my five-year policy. Then what happens? My next stop is Medicaid after I burn through all my assets and, and lose my home. And so it was just it was very interesting research that they did. So the net effect of this research, companies reevaluated their offerings, and all but one of the companies quietly quit offering lifetime benefits. Actually, on the traditional side, all of the companies quit offering lifetime benefits, the traditional meaning just the pay-as-you-go. Since then, we've had one traditional company that came back into the market with a new offering, and they brought back lifetime benefits, but that's it. I mean, all the other companies, just they just quietly start pulling back the lifetime benefits. So my mom has a traditional pay-as-you-go plan with lifetime benefits. She can't even get that from that company anymore. That company sells insurance, but not lifetime benefits. So why does this matter? Do you really need to, you know, lifetime benefits? I mean, when you think about this, the average claim right now has gone from three years in 2000 from the insurance point of view, meaning how long they last from, from them paying out, 
to about four years right now. So that average is moving up, and it will probably continue to creep up over the next 20 years, too. It'll probably, next 10, 20 years, it'll get to five years. And the reason why is because we're living longer. We've got medical advances. People are going into long-term care you know, situations sooner due to cognitive issues and things like that. But if it's only four years, why would you even consider a lifetime or unlimited coverage? Well, remember, I did an entire show on on averages and the problem with averages. I did this. This was a couple months ago. You can find it on our podcast. The problem with averages is that they tend to hide information you need to know. Let me repeat that. The problem with averages is they tend to hide information you need to know. They tend to discount the extremes on both ends. So the person that goes on claim and dies a month and then the person that goes on claim and lives, you know, 10 years in a long-term care situation, well, they average those out and they're like, well, you got a five-year average. So for us, we tend to think, hey, that's five years. You know, five years is good. Well, five years is overkill if you you, you die after a month and it's, it's, it's not meaningful. I mean, it's only half the coverage you need if, if you end up on claim for 10 years. So really averages, I mean, quite frankly, it's, it's just simple. It, it's, it's lazy. It's a, it's a way for us to try to make sense out of a complex set of data points. You don't need to worry about what the average depth of a river is. You need to worry about what the depth of the river is where you are trying to cross it. And that's the problem with averages. You know, oh, yeah, it's the average, average depth of the river is only 18 inches. You should be able to drive right across it. And then you drive into, you know, a sinkhole. You know, it's just 10 feet deep. You don't know that. You've got to worry about your situation. The problem we all face when putting a long-term care plan in place is we don't know whether we're going to use it or not. And if we do use it, how long will we need the coverage to last? You know, all we can do is look at anecdotal evidence like our family, um, how did they fare? What's the national averages? And again, we are still just guessing when we look at these numbers. Just because your mom or dad didn't end up in long-term care doesn't mean you're going to end up there. And if your mom had Alzheimer's and was in care for 10 years, that doesn't mean that's going to happen to you. So we just have to understand that those averages are just a simple way of coming up with some kind of idea based on some complex data that's out there. And I've said before, statistically, the odds of your house burning down in any given year is slim to none. And by the way, the average cost structure damage of a, of, of, from fire is less than $40,000. Yet that's still the number one claim for property and casualty is fire. That's the no- most expensive claim they have. You know, that's why they're always worried about you know, space heaters and fireplaces and all these different things you have is because that's still the number one cause of damage. Yet the average is only about $40,000. And my point to that is that, you know, that's not what we're buying insurance for is the average $40,000. You're buying it to protect against the house burning down to the foundation, that catastrophic loss. Now, when we look at health, auto, even our home, we're pretty much designed, those those policies are designed to cover the catastrophic events. Um, Again, we get the house appraised. We know how much it would cost to rebuild it. So we're insuring for that thing to burn down. When we look at life, disability, and long-term care insurance, they work a bit differently because what we're doing there is trying to choose an amount of coverage. You know, life insurance, there are, of course, some limitations on life and disability based on, and even long-term care based on maximum coverage. And they're going to look at your income maybe and say, well, you don't qualify for $20,000 a month of disability insurance, but you qualify for six based on your income. But as a general rule, we can decide how much coverage we want within those ranges that are offered. The reason you would consider a lifetime benefit for long-term care coverage is because you want the assurance that you won't outlive your coverage. You want the assurance that you have catastrophic coverage versus merely covering the average long-term care event, and again, the average across the nation. You want to know if your house burns all the way down, you have the money to rebuild it versus just, oh, I'll go with $40,000 of coverage because that's the average, right? That's, that's the whole idea of insurance. The reason you might consider a smaller or a limited long-term care plan is primarily going to be to cost considerations, especially if you have a smaller estate. Because you know, then you might look at it and say, well, two years of coverage is better than nothing. Lifetime benefits are much, much more expensive. I can afford the two years. You know, so that's one thing where you would maybe look at a smaller plan. Now, for people who are looking at the asset-based plans, we have one carrier who offers a lifetime benefits or a true catastrophic policy. And this is by far our best-selling program. It's the program that I have myself personally. And in fact, I've been recognized as selling more lifetime benefit asset-based plans than any other agent in the country for the last five years. Now, that statement isn't meant to be braggadocious, but rather a confirmation that lifetime benefits are available 
and they're important to our clients. In fact, this week, I'm going to introduce you to Matthew and Stephanie, our clients of the week, and I will go over how we designed a true catastrophic lifetime benefit plan that will pay them back more than they put into their plan, even if they don't use it. But first, I have to take a quick break for the news, so stick around. I'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended health care situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free live webinar classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. 525longtermcare.com. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back, and thanks for tuning in to Long-Term Care Radio. You know, if you're new to Long-Term Care Radio, we're on every week, uh, several markets in Colorado, uh, Washington State. We are, um, our podcast is nationwide. So, you know, if you're listening to us live, you're probably listening on the weekend. And it's just an informational show that brings out, and we talk about some things that you need to know, because again, the reason why long-term care is the biggest risk we're going to face in our retirement years. About, you know, three out of four of us nearly are going to end up in some kind of long-term care situation. And the idea is to understand how to mitigate this risk. I think the biggest mistake people make is they think, well, I have enough money, it's going to probably be okay, but that's not it. There's a lot more to long-term care. There's a lot more considerations, and that's really what this program is about. So if you miss any parts of the show, you can jump on our website at 525longtermcare.com, get our podcast. You can subscribe for them. You can get them through uh, anywhere you get your podcast, you can ask your smart speaker to play them in fact too. And at the bottom of the, the show every week, we bring to you what we call a client of the week. And this is just where we go through how we helped out somebody. We helped them design and put a long-term care plan in place. And the idea behind this, again, is don't get hooked up on the numbers because every plan is different for everybody. But the idea to, is to understand kind of what we go through and some of the options that are available out there to put plans in place. And this week, I've got Matthew, who is 62, Stephanie, his wife, who is 60. They came to us looking for uh, a plan to, to get some coverage for their retirement years. They have three adult children. They have four young grandchildren right now who they see on a regular basis. Matthew just retired just a few months ago, and Stephanie has been retired for two years. So they're just starting out. You know, every day is a Saturday right now. They're kind of new to that, but they're excited for retirement. Their biggest concerns, quite frankly, were just avoiding a catastrophic health event. Stephanie's mom had been living in an assisted living facility and was just informed last year that due to the progression of her Alzheimer's, that she would have to move out because the facility just did not have the resources to provide the level of care that she needed. So this put them out on the hunt, and they went out there and they found a memory clinic that would accept Stephanie's mom. And what was shocking to them is that the price more than tripled per month for the care that Stephanie's mom needed. So this was an educational moment for him. You know, again, they both worked really hard and they had a good little nest egg, but they looked at that and they said, gosh, look at this, you know, mom's going to be around a long time and we're probably going to burn through quite a bit of money. So that was something that just really kind of opened their eyes and said, we need to start looking at planning. They did not want to burn through their assets if something similar happened to them. They did not want to be a burden on their kids. They wanted to make sure they had the resources in place to help them both financially, but also they wanted that team of professionals. You hear me talk about that, you know, the insurance, the people that come out and rebuild your house when it burns down. So they just wanted that team of professionals. They wanted a good comprehensive long-term care plan so their family wouldn't have to go through, you know, trying to figure it all out for them. What we found out about them during our discussions, they were both very healthy. They had plenty of options, so they didn't really have any chronic health issues at this time that was going to limit their coverage. Um, they had done quite well for themselves financially and had a good nest egg. They were somewhat conservative, but they had paid off their home. They owned their home. They had a second mountain home that they used on a regular basis with the family. Um, they both had retirement accounts, and they had some other investments and some cash savings. And they both planned on holding off to take Social Security till age 70 um, because, you know, and, and depending on unless the rules change, because, again, Stephanie's a little bit younger, but she might take half of Matthew's initially and then take hers. But anyway, it's going to be a while. They're just going to hold off because they don't want to, you know, draw that Social Security right now. They don't need it, and they're in a lower tax bracket right now. What they wanted from a plan, true catastrophic coverage, again, 
the, you know, they're watching her mom go through this. Stephanie's mom, they're saying, we need something that's, you know, because Stephanie's mom, she's like, honestly, goes, my mom's actually in pretty good shape physically. She goes, she could live another, you know, five or eight years. We don't know. Um, but we know that it's going to be a, a drain. It's going to be a big drain on the resources to keep her, um, you know, housed and to, to get her the help that she needs. They wanted that claim support that would help them manage their care. So again, they didn't want to have to, their kids have to just go what they went through. You know, once the assisted living facility said, look, we're not going to be able to take care of your mom anymore, Stephanie, you've got to find some other place. It's like, okay, now they're out on the hump. They're trying to figure that out. So they wanted somebody that could help them in that same situation. Matthew loved the idea of getting money back to the estate if they did not use the long-term care insurance. He said that would be ideal. And they really wanted to fund with a single payment. They didn't want payments in retirement. So their idea was, can we just set up one of these asset-based plans and just do a single payment and just get the coverage and not deal with it and avoid payments? So that was kind of their criteria. Here's what we ended up doing for, for Matthew and Stephanie. First off, they did have a choice of a traditional plan with lifetime benefits. They could get a catastrophic policy. They even had a single lump sum option on that traditional plan. But again, there's no money paid back to the estate. And that plan actually costs more than the asset-based plan. It's really designed for C-corporations. So I showed that, but I said, this doesn't make sense for you. So what did we do? We looked over at the asset-based plan that has a lifetime benefits. This is the exact same plan that I have for myself and my wife in place. And this provided the features that they wanted, such as that concierge claim support, meaning that they assign somebody to them once either one of them goes on claim so that their family has one contact person to reach out to. And it's going to pay their estate back if they don't use their plan. So that was kind of ideal for them. We designed a plan that would pay each of them a monthly benefit. So this is how much money they can take out of their bucket, $10,000 each. So if they're both on claim together at the same time, they would be pulling $20,000 a month out or $240,000 a year. One person's on claim, they can pull out $120,000 a year for an unlimited amount of time. So this is the all-you-can-eat version of long-term care. It's a bottomless bucket. They get $10,000 a month each, but it's a bottomless bucket. They will never run out of money. So that's the, the idea of these catastrophic policies. If they don't use their plan, meaning that they live a nice long life and they never touch long-term care insurance, they get $500,000 paid back tax-free to the estate. Now, that sounds good, but I haven't told you how much they're going to pay for this yet. And we're going to get to that in a second. But just remember, they get a half million dollars back tax-free. And if they use less than a half million dollars, so let's say they use $200,000 of long-term care between the two of them, that's it. Well, then $300,000 will be paid back. So they'll always get $500,000 back either in tax-free death benefit or in long-term care or a combination of the two. That's the guarantee of the plan. So let's talk a little bit about how we funded this plan. Now, remember, Matthew really wanted to do a one-and-done payment. You know, they had money. They had cash investments. They had savings. They had retirement accounts. They could just do a one-and-done and just be done with it. That's really what he wanted to do. However, after looking at their financial situation and just going through this with them, I realized that they had a retirement problem, meaning that the vast majority of their money was in retirement accounts that had not been taxed. So, they had other investments. They had cash. They could have used that to fund the plan and they sold some investments. They could have done that, but that would have made sense because the overwhelming majority of their money was in retirement accounts. And the thing is, you've got to pull money out of the retirement accounts sooner or later with required minimum distributions. That's going to be 73 by the time they get around there or maybe higher. So it's 72 right now, but they are passing a bill that's going to push that up. So they've got close to you know another, well, 12 years for Stephanie and another 10 years um, before Matthew has to start pulling out any of the money out of retirement accounts. So they're looking at those retirement accounts, and in theory you say, well, let's just let those sit there and go. Well, I could take a lump sum out of that, and I could spread those taxes out. That was something that they could do. But if they pulled the lump sum out of the retirement and just walked in with just one lump sum, they, would, you know, they could do that too, but they'd have to pay the tax on the full distribution. So there were several things we can do, but what I ended up suggesting to them is saying, look, you're going to wait till you're 70 to take Social Security. Here's a whole other issue that you need to look at, and that is you need to start converting some of that money that is in those retirement accounts and your IRAs over to a Roth IRA, meaning pull the money out and pay the taxes on it right now because your income's as low as it's ever going to be. And remember, you know, again, they've got to age 73 to do that. So 
that's a long time to just let that money sit there and grow. But then if they do, then they're going to have to take required minimum distributions and they'll be getting Social Security and they're going to be in a much higher tax bracket. So instead of just doing the single lump sum, what I really suggested for them to do is let's set up a 10 pay and let's just make 10 guaranteed level payments into your plan to fund this because then you can pull that money from wherever you want. You can pull it from your retirement accounts. You can pull it from your cash and savings. You can do whatever you want. But the thing is, it also gives you some flexibility because what I want you to do is figure out where your income is going to be. And then I want you to go up to that tax bracket and pull out as much as you can of your IRAs, pay the tax on it and convert it to an IRA or to a Roth IRA so that you can just let that money grow. And what I mean by that is like current tax rates right now for a married couple are 22% up to $172,000. Then from 172 up to the next 329, you pay 24%. And it's actually not 22% on the first 172, it's tiered. But add 172,000 a year at a 22% tax bracket. So they can pull out the difference between 172 and 329, so another $150,000 roughly can be pulled out and that's only gonna be taxed at 24%. So what I'm telling them to do is look at that because when you start facing how much money you're going to have to pull out of required minimum distributions, especially if that retirement account grows, and then you get Social Security tacked on there, you're going to be in a much higher tax bracket. So we started talking to them a little bit about some of these options, and it made sense to them. So Matthew and Stephanie decided they're going to just pull money out, either the retirement account or use the cash savings, whatever it is, but they're going to make 10 guaranteed level payments instead of paying a single payment into this plan. And there's also some other advantages about paying over time like this. If they're doing their 10 payments and one of them gets hit by the bus and they go on claim next year, they don't have to make the other payments as long as somebody is receiving benefits. And so let's say somebody went on claim for three years and then they healed up and then they were back, you know, not on, on, on claim anymore. Well, they wouldn't have to pay all 10 payments. They would only pay seven because they would waive those premiums while they're on claim. So it gives them a little bit more I think, advantage. And also, let's say they get hit by the bus in a catastrophic accident and both of them die. Well, the full $500,000 is paid out tax-free in the death benefit, even if they've only made one payment. So those are certain advantages. We have to look at this. Yes, I understood they wanted to do a lump sum. They didn't want payments. But in this situation, it makes sense to just do those 10 guaranteed level payments, which is what we did. So here's what they're going to do. They're going to make 10 payments of $39,580. That's a guaranteed level payment. So they'll put $395,000 into their plan over 10 years if they make all 10 payments, and then the policy is completely paid up. Now, remember, they get $500,000 paid back if they you know, don't use it. So they're putting 395 in. If they make all the payments, they're guaranteed to get 500 back. So that's the benefit of these asset-based plans when they're designed correctly. And so bottom line for them, this plan is going to give them a lifetime benefit, $10,000 per month per person for an unlimited amount of time. Other features that this claim has is concierge claim support, meaning they assign somebody to them and their family once they go on claim that's going to help them, that's going to guide them, get their case managers, care coordination, plan of care from the doctor. They'll take care of all that. They get $20,000 for caregiver training. So if somebody needs to take a class on medication management or maybe a class on how to deal with a loved one like with Alzheimer's, like you know what Stephanie's going through right now, they get $20,000 for that caregiver training. They get $20,000 for medical equipment and home improvement. So if they need to bring in an adjustable bed or an intravenous pump or put a wheelchair ramp in or a stair lift, they get $20,000 to improve their home. They have a zero-day waiting period to start their benefits, meaning that in their own home, if they go on claim, they don't have a 90-day elimination period, which is standard on a lot of the traditional plans. They have a waiver premium, so the first person on claim, again, if it's within those 10 years while they're making those payments, they're going to waive the premium that year, just one person on claim. And so they don't both have to be on claim. They're going to waive the entire premium for both. And again, they're guaranteed to get back more than they put in regardless of what happens. And that's what's wonderful about these designs. I'll be honest with you, Matthew and Stephanie had plenty of money to self-insure. There's no doubt about it. They were not going to run out of assets. Now, they might have had to sell something like their second home that they didn't want to. But that's not the point here. What they did is by repositioning some of their assets here over the next 10 years and setting up this lifetime catastrophic coverage plan, it gives them the peace of mind. It gives them the peace of mind know that you know the money they are spending now on vacations and going to see the grandkids and taking the grandkids to, to, to the amusement park or whatever they want to do, that they are not 
eating away money that they're going to need to pay for a long-term care event later in life. They have this lifetime benefit plan for each of them right now. And they've got protection from a life-changing event, you know, for their finances, number one, for the quality of their life, and also for their family. So if something catastrophic happens in the next few years, guess what? They have the resources, the team of professionals to come in so that their quality of life is not going to be turned completely upside down. And that's just what's wonderful about these plans. Now, I will tell you, this is a lifetime catastrophic benefit. We started out the show talking about that. Well, what happened if they only wanted, say, six years of coverage? Well, that would have dropped that premium down from 39000 down to 35000 So what you're asking yourself, you're saying $40,000 difference over 10 years gives me $10,000 a month or $20,000 a month because they each get $10,000 for an unlimited amount of time. You still get more money back. You can see why 99% of our married couples end up with true lifetime catastrophic benefits because it just makes sense. So uh, stick around. I got to head into my final break. But when we come back, let's look into some more claims data that has recently been released for long-term care insurance that might make you think more about how much protection you really want. We'll be right back. New asset-based programs protect your savings and your family and even pay you back if you never use them. Make sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free live webinar classes at 525longtermcare.com. As we age, we can't always plan on good health, but you can plan long-term care coverage to give peace of mind to you and your family. It's Story Months, and a great way to learn about long-term care is to join my friends from 525 Advisors for the next free long-term care planning live webinar. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up. You'll learn so much. 525 Advisors will explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. Then, when you're ready, 525 Advisors will design a custom plan with you, like they did for my wife and me. Our plan even has lifetime benefits that pay us back if we never use it. I love how much time they spent with us, and it's not just me. Read the reviews. People love working with Brian and Madeline at 525 Advisors. So, get the great peace of mind long-term care coverage gives you. Go to 525longtermcare.com and sign up now for the next free live webinar. That's 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. The fact is most of us have known somebody who needed long-term care. That's when a person reaches a stage in life requiring somebody else to help with basic daily activities due to physical conditions or a cognitive disease. Now, most of the time, long-term care starts in the home, which allows the individual to stay in a familiar setting. The price for long-term care can be expensive, and it could go on for years. Financial experts suggest purchasing long-term care insurance before you retire. Why? Because 7 out of 10 65-year-olds will need some sort of long-term care in the future. If you've never looked at long-term care insurance because you didn't know where to start, now you know where to start with 525 Advisors. 525 Advisors, local experts specializing in long-term care insurance, and they have plans that are guaranteed to pay you back if you never make use of them. Protect yourself and your family members from the financial cost of extended health care. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Sign up for the next free long-term care live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. All right, and we're back. And again, um, webinar classes are up on the website for next month, May. That's the 14th and the 17th. So at 525longtermcare.com, just click on Attend an Event. We'll send you an email link, and off you go. That's all you need. And then it's kind of like a Zoom meeting, but you don't have to download any software, meaning there's no executable. You can watch it on your phone, your tablet, your computer, even your smart TV. It doesn't matter. So it's real easy squeezy. And then you can really uh, send in questions at the end of that webinar as well, too. So, again, 525longtermcare.com. I will tell you, you know, I got a couple of kidney stones a few years ago. I think it was, like, I want to say it was like 2014 when I got my first one. And then they said, oh, okay, that one's good. We don't have any problems. And then about six months later, I got one in the other kidney. 
And um, <laughs> I was doing some research on them. They're saying, yeah, they could be from, you know, festering for a long time for what you ate and all this stuff. And I was thinking, you know, that's probably my payback for going into the all-you-can-eat cafeterias and, you know, eating like a lumberjack for like four hours straight because I just used to laugh at that. You know, you would try every single dessert, every single pasta, every, you know, every cheap pizza that they had. You'd eat like two pieces of each. And that's probably why I had to uh, had to go see the doctor for the kidney stones as I just didn't treat myself as, as well as I should have. So anyway, we were talking today about uh, lifetime benefits. Um, are they important? Do you even need to consider them? And, you know, long-term care insurance does a lot of things really well. Number one, it provides you with a dedicated tax-free source of funds to pay for care. It pays um, you that benefit tax-free. It saves you taxes, meaning you don't have to convert other assets to income and pay the capital gains tax or the income tax. It can provide you with that team of professionals to help you and your family manage that care. So, again, this would be your, those case managers and claim specialists and care coordinators, you know, the audit trail, all these people taking care of that stuff for you. And it allows you a more comfortable and less stressful retirement. I mean, I think that's the bottom line. If I know I have a plan, I know, I mean, just think about your home. You know, the odds are your house is not going to burn down. But if you don't have insurance, you know, it's kind of stressful, right? Even though you can sit there and convince yourself, well, it's 99.97% this year, honey, that our house is not going to burn down. No, it's very stressful being uninsured. So having that long-term care insurance plan in place, knowing that you're protected and your family protected is key. And I think most of all, the number one thing that long-term care insurance does is it protects your family members from having to give up their lives to take care for you in a time of need. And, you know, there's so much information out there. And there's an a, a organization called Family Caregivers Alliance that put out some very telling statistics on caregivers. And this is usually family members. I mean, half of Americans depend 100% on family members because they don't have the resources to hire the professionals. Two out of three people hire professionals and still depend on their family for at least part of their caregiving. So here's the thing that the, the Family Caregivers Alliance put out some statistics saying that, look, caregivers, they suffer higher levels of stress. They suffer higher levels of depression. Caregivers turn to harmful behavior such as substance abuse at a much higher rate than the general public. So they're drinking more, they're smoking more, they're taking more painkillers. They're in worse health overall, um, increased risk of heart disease, lower levels of self-care. They don't take care of themselves as, as, as well as they should because they're so busy taking care of somebody else. And I know there's people out there listening right now that are probably in that caregiver role. And you know what I'm talking about. I'm preaching to the choir. It's It's very difficult. They have increased more mortality. They pay the ultimate price. They die sooner. So again, to me, that is the number one reason if you're thinking about long-term care planning is you're, you know, you're going to get the care one way or the other. It may not be the care that you want or you think you deserve, but you're not going to die on the park bench. They still don't let you do that in this country. You'll burn down through all your assets. The government will make you a ward of the state, but you will get the care. What you have to look at along the way is how many other lives are you disrupting? And that's where that, you know, the long-term care insurance plan steps in and it protects the people you care about most. It protects your family members. And I think just telling you, watching my mom going through this and hearing the stories of our case manager, what she had to go through, I'm a firm believer that that's why we get long-term care insurance. Again, nobody needs it, but you should probably want it when you look at the features and what it does. Now, in the first segment, I was discussing how many carriers have quit offering lifetime benefits, meaning when we, we set up these policies, we have to decide how much coverage we want. And, you know, a lot of it was due to an increase in lengthy claims. And, the you know, and that's a lot of that was due to the rise in cognitive claims. And in 2019, this is some information sent out by the Alzheimer's disease facts and figures. 2019, 58 million people were living with Alzheimer's. Okay. By 2050, they're predicting that number will nearly triple to over 14 million. So that is the concern that the insurance companies have, right? Because a cognitive diagnosis triggers your long-term care insurance. Now, let's talk about those lengthy claims and why you need to get away from just thinking about the averages. Because again, you know, are you average? Are you average height? Are you average weight? Are you average income? I mean, that's the thing. Everybody thinks that average is this finite number and it's adds some kind of protection. But again, in long-term care, a third of the people die within a year that go on claim. A third. So one in three die within 12 months. Yet the average claim paid out is four years from an insurance company, which really means if you do the third grade math on it and you take out the people that die in a year, 
the average length, if you make it a year, if you make it 12 months, you're going to make it about five and a half years. So that's really closer to the true average. But every year, every couple, you know, year, every two years, it depends on what the insurance companies want to do. They will report statistics of their average claims going on, how long they are and how much they've paid out. And here's, this data is from 2018. So it's, it's, you know, three and a half years old. It was December 31, 2018. Company number one, 2.2 million. Male, female, 2.3 million. Number of years this claim has been active, 14 years for the male, 16 years, six months for the female. Company two, again, they're all in the $2 million range, quite frankly here, 2 million to like the high ones, but let's just look at length of claim. Company number two reported 19 years for a male, female, 15 years, four months. Company three, 16 years, two months for male, female, nine years, 10 months. These are active claims that are going, how long they've lasted. So they're still going. Company four, male, 15 years, eight months. Female, 14 years, six months. Company six, male, 14 years, three months. Female, 11 years, seven months. Company number six, male, 15 years, four months. Female, 15 years, seven months. And the last company that reported this, company number seven, 13 years, two months for male, 16 years, one month. I'm sorry, 18 years, one month for a female, 18 years. Folks, that's what you're trying to insure against, catastrophic events. That's what lifetime benefits do. And so a lot of the carriers ran away from those, but I'm telling you, on the asset base, we still sell more lifetime benefits than anything, especially on couples, because it's it's cheaper than two six-year policies, quite frankly, that a lot of the companies sell. But think about what you're trying to insure against a catastrophic event and understand a lot of our clients decide, do you want $5,000 a month for an unlimited amount of time or do you want $6,000 for four years? That's a decision that everybody has to make. But lots more information on our website. Sign up for one of our upcoming classes. I'm going to work on another show and I will be back next week. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Long-Term Care Radio with certified long-term care planning specialist, Brian Ott. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at 525longtermcare.com and learn about all the long-term care planning options available. If you have questions for Brian or would like information about any of his upcoming long-term care webinars, go to 525longtermcare.com. Be sure to join us next weekend for another edition of Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. For information, show schedules, and podcasts, go to 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson. Welcome back, my friends, Brian and Madeline from 525 Advisors. They took a break last year due to that debacle created by the Washington State CARES Act, you know, the payroll tax on employees for forced long-term care that was basically worthless. The law was so poorly written and created such a mess, most insurance carriers temporarily quit offering plans in the state. But 525 Advisors is back, ready to help protect your family and savings with the best long-term care plans available. They did for my wife and me, and we couldn't be happier. I know everything we worked hard for won't be whittled down paying for long-term care. And most importantly, our girls are protected from the burden of having to care for us. And a great bonus, our plan pays us back if we never use it. So learn about all kinds of important long-term care information and join Brian this Saturday at 10 for Long-Term Care Radio here on 97.3 Cairo FM. Check out his upcoming live webinar schedule, too, at 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com.